All right. Are we ready? We're ready. Let's do it. Welcome, everybody. It is Saturday Morning Superstars. I am Than. I'm Dom. We're channeling our midlife crisis with this podcast by uh, reliving our youthful late 80s, early 90s Saturday mornings, watching syndicated professional wrestling. We love every minute of it. Yeah, it's uh, week six on the WWE Network. Yes, May 23rd, 1992. Just in time, once again. Just in time for Memorial Day. Yeah, and we are, uh, speaking of Memorial Day, we are in a Memorial Coliseum again. We're in the Onondaga Onondaga. War Memorial. It sounds like something like your kids like first learned how to say. Yeah. Onondaga. (laughs) So the opening credits it, and it's the exact same thing. We haven't changed this thing in a couple weeks. No, I think they've got that pretty much uh, locked down for at least a little while until somebody else you know, pisses Vince off and then he's off. I did not notice the last couple times we saw the same in- intro, but I did notice that we haven't seen him in a bit. And it was really weird when we did see him is the Texas tornado. He is not in the intro. Ah, that's true. And remember, he was like, hey, I'm back. I've straightened myself out and I'm ready to rededicate my life to, you know, Vince and, and, and Jesus. And that's true. Yeah, and and the WWF because you know <laughs> you lump those all when when you're talking about such grandiose things, you always want to lump in the WWF. Yeah, uh, my country, my fans, uh, God, and uh, and Vince, and Vince, and Vince. <laughs> of course, and Vince. So he, I don't, we haven't seen him. He's not in the intro. He might be out. Yeah, he might be gone. I don't know if we'll ever see him again. Yeah, but then you know some of these plot lines and things, uh, as we find out a little bit later in this, this like come back after two or three weeks too. So you know, you never know. Yeah, we'll we'll see if we see him. But it's, it's been a while, and and he's not being promoted. So he's not in a feud. I mean, we we kind of know the feuds for yeah. whatever loop is going on right now after WrestleMania. And we did. We saw him wrestle once. Yeah, that was it. But he had it was there was no opponent that he was no. working towards, and nobody was no. saying, "Hey, uh, you know, no one stole his lucky horseshoe or whatever." <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like. <laughs> Uh, somebody made a comment about my perfect hair. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's one of the things. You had like an Ultimate Warrior, and then you had Kerry Von Erich, and they they're almost interchangeable. They're yeah, that's true. To put the paint on Kerry Von Erich, he would look like the Ultimate Warrior. They look exactly. I mean, that first SummerSlam I went to in '90, he came out and he looks so much like the Warrior. They were both on the card. Yeah, uh, Kerry Von Erich won the Intercontinental Belt. Warrior was defending his World Championship. And I was like, God, they look alike, especially from row triple Z or wherever I was watching the thing. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, they all look alike at that level. Yeah, my level was bad. Uh, My level wouldn't have even existed. I was on the second tier in the spectrum. Mm -hmm. I wasn't on the ground level. I wasn't even in that first ring. I was in the ring above that. 
Yes. And I was above where they would come out. So in a modern era, that would be all covered mm -hmm. by the Tron and the backstage gorilla area. That wouldn't really even exist yeah. at this point. Wow. Vince salutes troops, perfect dives into uh, vomit puns from there. Yes, his segue into the vomit, because I, I originally, I was expecting him to do something, you know, pun-wise with Memorial Day. I was like, how is he going to angle this? Or, you know, I'm sure he's not going to say anything bad about the troops because they just don't right. do that uh, with WWF. But no, he, he segued somewhat well into the, the vomit uh, puns because, as we saw the week before, the Ultimate Warriors throwing up, and the, the doctor apparently died. <laughs> I as a, as a, as a, according to Perfect, the doctor dies. The doctor died. Vince is just like, we're not going to talk about that. So the first thing I'm thinking is just like, well, that's typical Vince. If somebody dies, just hose it down and move on. <laughs> just hose it down. Never happened. <laughs> Never happened. We're not going to talk about that. Get him out of the opening segment and move on. Yes. Yeah, it was weird. Um, he's recapping the tummy ache curse with uh, Papa Kama, the <laughs> Good Godfather, yes. put on the Ultimate Warrior, and we preview. We got we got some good stuff going on. We got uh, Warriors going to speak. Can't beat that. Mm -hmm. Oh, I got it. <laughs> the Tag Champs, uh, Money Incorporated, are going to wrestle. We got the Undertaker. Mm -hmm. We have my my personal favorite act in the history of wrestling, mm -hmm. Kamala, Kamala, the Ugandan giant. He's coming. And they tease the Bushwhackers, which we hadn't seen for a little while too. So except for a few promos here, yeah, I don't remember if we actually caught a. A, a match i feel like they might have been in the first episode we've got a gong we've got uh, the undertaker no pro no pyro nope. no lights no just the urn paul bearer music that's it and a slow walk as we're recording two days ago was the 30th anniversary of the undertaker survivor series debut yes and the retirement did you see that i actually just watched it last night okay um because i did want to see that i liked it i thought i, I thought it was interesting that they brought all all those people out, right. which was cool to see. Like I was like, oh, the Godwins are there, and then you know, Papa Kama is there, mm -hmm. and and uh, Flair, and of and of course, you know, a lot of the big names that you expected to be there: Kevin Nash and 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 Shawn Michaels and all those guys. And they bring them all out, and then they go to the package. Which was good. I thought the package was good. And then all of a sudden they're gone and it's just Vince. Yeah. It's like no one. <laughs> I was wondering where they went. I was went. like, where did everybody go? But I was like, they, that's all they get is just an intro. That's it. And then they're they're done. Weird thing about it was that whole thing. It was about you know, 20, 30 minutes, right? Yeah, yeah. The Undertaker walks out, super grandiose entrance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Says maybe three sentences. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, I debuted. I'm retiring. Peace out. Yeah. He gets to rest in peace. Yeah. Rest in peace. I'm going to rest in peace. And then yeah. the exit. The entire segment is the intro and the outro. Mm -hmm. Here we are mm -hmm. two years into his uh, career. There's no intro. No. He's like, just a theme song. Paul comes out and nothing. Yeah. So like the entire thing has become his intro 30 years later. Yeah. But it started, there was nearly nothing to it. And to be quite honest, I still feel like even that the entrance that he had in 92 is just as cool yeah. as with like all the pyro and everything that they did you know, a couple of days ago or for any WrestleMania, like some of those are like extra special because it's WrestleMania, but just, it's a very intimidating entrance, you know, just the gong with the, the very big. And then of course with Paul Bearer, like I just, the two of them, uh, I actually mentioned it during the match here, just the chemistry between the two of those guys, you know, just disregarding the guy that he's wrestling against mm -hmm. just, you know, you, you notice when he's like, 
throwing him around and then he'll look at Paul and he'll like put out the hand and like, yeah, Paul's like right there. And it's just like, they, they just had that gimmick down. A lot of times the manager is like there with, you know, the audience mm-hmm. trying to work the audience. Yeah. Paul was working the undertaker. Like they, yeah. like he could care less about the audience. He was there with the match yeah. and giving him power through the urn. And he was like, yeah. all, all, all up in there as opposed to Jimmy Hart yeah. who's just running around being a distraction. Exactly. Perfect. events remind us that the uh, berserker is the takers rival. Sure. And we see red tight bill Pierce, bill Pierce, who uh, is also known as Chris Comet, Chris Michaels, and Sir Richard Michaels. Oh yeah, Dickie Mickey. <laughs> yes, he did ECW, but uh, it was when ECW was Eastern Championship and not Extreme Championship. Right. So it was like very early '90s work there. I thought it was interesting. They show a kid in the crowd mm-hmm. as they're coming in, has uh, an Undertaker T-shirt on. Yeah. If you look at the shirt, it looks like the face is like a combination of Paul Bearer and the Undertaker. Like the, the, the face does not look like the Undertaker at all. It looks like it looks like Paul Barrow with a five o'clock shadow on it. It's crazy. I was writing that down as well. I cut the hot topic high school freshman in audience. <laughs> I was like, is that supposed to be Undertaker? Yeah. It does not look like it. Foam, tombstone, and Undertaker t-shirt merch. I actually think I owned an Undertaker t-shirt at one point. Yes. It was much later, but I think I had one. Yes, I did as well. I wish I still did. I you could probably get some vintage stuff out there, I'm sure. Yeah, I probably could find it i can find that sunny shirt again yeah the pool cue i need to find sunny pool, pool cue shirt I just need to find sunny with a pool cue now, if you wear that as old as we are <laughs> does that work anymore or do we just seem like lecherous old people you could, you could just say you could just say you're vintage <laughs> i don't know i mean that's approaching like white van uh, you know maybe we should just leave that in the past leave that back in my dorm where it belonged uh yeah i'll, I'll hide it under the bed with the with the uh 20 foot poster over. Yeah, Bill uh, Pierce gets his two shots in. Um, sure. Undertaker is, uh, well, he was following the urn and Bill gets him from behind. Yes. While Paul's leaving the ring. But then the Undertaker lifts Pierce up by his throat. Yep. Then throws him up, catches him again by his throat <laughs> and slams him into the canvas while choking him. It was the most incredible thing I ever saw. Like he lifted him up and then like adjusted his grip by throwing him a little bit further and catching him That's awesome. and then dropping him down. Yes. Every once in a while, I see like a move during these superstar shows that I hadn't ever seen and never saw since. That's like one of those moves that like Undertaker goes backstage afterwards and Vince is just like, don't ever do that again. <laughs> You're going to kill somebody with it. <laughs> speaking, of, yeah, don't, speaking of don't ever do that again, Pierce flailing around and kicking his feet. Like, like he's almost like in a child tantrum kind of state. Yeah. Oh, it was, yeah. It was terrible. Yeah. As much as the undertaker is no selling, like Pierce is super selling. Yeah. Way too much. Oh, uh, we get the picture in picture of Fuji and the berserker. Yeah. And uh, I, I just don't remember this guy talking, but he did all, almost all the talking. He did. And it, it's, it, it's interesting because if, if you boiled it down, he's basically going to kill him. Yeah. He keeps on saying that he's talking about impaling him yeah. and putting him in an actual coffin yeah. it's like oh okay i guess that's appropriate language in wrestling speak yeah he's like i'm gonna murder you yeah hus, hus. <laughs> i mean we've, we've gone well past the i'm going to pin you one two three no we're going for full-on death yeah i i would be the weirdest guy i'd be like dude it's, it's a match like I'm just going to try yeah. to put your shoulders <laughs> on the ground for three seconds. Chill out. We don't have to make this so personal. I, I know you're, you're berserk because you're the berserker, but hey, let's have a cup of tea. 
you know, talk this one out. Undertaker just uh, doing the eye roll choke. Yes. Perfect putting Fuji over. Big boot to uh, poor Bill's face, and he's kicking like crazy. I mean, he's yeah. like total tantrum. He does old school. He does. I, I wrote it as, as uh, new school. <laughs> because Yes, like, that's what I said. I was like, he does old school when it was new. I was like, wow. Yeah, he's not, not yet old. <laughs> Vince is like trying to do 10 pounds of promotion in a five pound bag over here. He's plugging the warrior mm, yeah. uh, while he's calling this match. Bill Pierce is the worst selling I've ever seen. Yeah, I didn't think too much of Bill. It's really awful. Thankfully, we get the tombstone and it's over. One thing about good guy Undertaker, we don't get any frills with the tombstone. We don't have him put him in a casket. We don't have him put him in a body bag. Mm. He just pins him now. He just pins him and walks away. I think this was my favorite Undertaker look. The uh, chopped yeah. up Greg. Uh, black button-down shirt, uh, mm-hmm. the gray gloves, and the one tattoo of himself on his forearm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's... Yeah, when he wasn't too tatted up. You got to be next level tough to be able to walk around with a tattoo of you. Yeah. <laughs> the warrior gets one later. He gets a, a tattoo of himself on his arm, but like... Of himself. And this Undertaker tattoo is awesome. Yeah. Because it's definitely him with a skeleton face... And the red hair. Nice. And that was like the only color of the of the thing was just the red hair. Everything else is a tattoo of him. I have to go back and look at that. I didn't really pay attention to the, the tattoo that much, but it's my favorite. Like you're, you're the tattoo aficionado. So this is true. When he covered himself, like when he got the sleeves and, and the the neck thing that he had to redo because he forced his wife and had, yeah, had yeah. a name on his yeah. throat. Oops. Yeah, Sarah. Yeah. yeah. And then it was. <laughs> After a while. That was a little much because it, it started to all run together. But that one of him with coming out of the out of the glove was definitely my favorite. This is my favorite Undertaker look. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ministry of Dom of Darkness Amish Taker is up there too. <laughs> we had the Amish yeah. beard. Like, yeah, I'm for yeah. I'm for milking. <laughs> yes, yes. Rest in peace after you churn butter. Yes, churn. <laughs> 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 uh, we have an update from the pages of wwf magazine brought to you by brought to you okay. by the merch catalog yes you could plug two things in one sentence vince is a genius i mean he's he's got he's got merch and and just everything just thrown into one yeah you know you kind of forget um what it is it gets to be like overkill i think it's just super duper efficient like you got 42 minutes and there's so much promotion that he stuffs in the 42 minutes 42 minutes is like half of that is the opening of raw now yeah 20 minute opening just to tell you that the show's going to begin yeah by that time like they've promoted like nine matches a videotape a magazine the wbf yeah i mean yeah it's it's just so yeah. efficient. Yeah, they're they're halfway to a pay per view by the time twenty minutes is up. <laughs> they are really is uh, recapping the Shango curse mm-hmm. with the uh, knobs match, but they started this one at the end. Like the last time they did something like this, we saw almost the entire match. Yeah, well, I I, I I'm guessing it's because the match really didn't mean that much. Like we knew like it didn't matter who which nasty boy Ultimate Warrior was going against, he was going to kick his ass. So this was this was more about pushing the the Chango angle. Yeah, 
So that's that's all they really needed to cover. We we get the soup puking, the Linda Blair exorcist moment again. Oh yeah, well you know that's that's like one of those moments that they just love to show over and over. And they and they they always preface it by the this is not for the faint of heart, but they'll show it like ten times <laughs> oh, to this day. Whenever they do like a remember when it was so gimmick heavy back then, they'll show this one all the time. Yeah, as, as an example of like a ridiculous yeah. cartoony storyline. Meanwhile, you still remember it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. See, here's here's the deal, right? We got this like more MMA kind of version of wrestling now yeah. they're really trying to sell the idea that they're they're fighting yeah and it's not as cartoony it's more grounded yeah but everybody knows it's fake so it's fake just go fake go stupid fake have a yeah. cartoon character have a have a voodoo guy have a like yeah why even try to emulate real when you got ufc i think it creates it creates more interesting storylines which is the basis of why when it's cartoony I think most people yeah, yeah. when i think m- uh, is the basis of why I think most people would watch it, you know, even though like the, 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 um, you know, the high point of, of watching it was like the late nineties, obviously with the attitude error, but there was, that was the gimmick. It was, you know, everybody had like massive attitude. Like that's why they call it the attitude error. And that's, you know, that was kind of the vibe for that, that, time in the the early 90s you know it was all about the other gimmicks but if you have if you have like these cartoony gimmicks that you can present in a way and and you have wrestlers that can sell those gimmicks then it's going to create better storylines because right now we've got like you know you know like this wrestler is like a really good wrestler but he's got no gimmick he's just a wrestler so it's Hard to create a storyline. Yeah, I think around that. Besides, hey, you know, you you attacked me from behind. You know, there's not there's nothing there. Like with Papa Shango, like he put a curse Space. On, <laughs> on, on on Ultimate Warrior. I was like, I was like, wait a minute, this is a pretty cool storyline. That like, if you could update that in some way, you know, that that could create some buzz. I think we were like the perfect age for what kind of happened with wrestling. Wrestling, if you're going to do cartoons, you got to just say your audience is between, I don't know, 6, 13, 14, to to can't stand how silly it is anymore, and just live with that for the rest of your life. Like Disney, they put out a movie, it's a cartoon, it's for this age group. Yeah. And maybe dad can take him there and not roll his eyes too much. They'll, they'll throw you a bone with a joke or two that only you're going to get. And it's entertaining enough that you don't mind taking your kids to go watch it. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it's not for the parent anymore. Mm-hmm. So when we were watching wrestling, like it was cartoony and we were like perfectly at the age of cartoony. And then it managed to keep on growing older with us into college. Like when we were in college, it was very much a college product. Yeah, it was. To- so like it was growing it was following us. Yes, it was. We were like at the perfect age. It's like Harry Potter. You start reading when it's 10. It takes a while for the books to get done. And by the time the last one hits, you're 18. And so is the characters. And it speaks to you across all that time. Mm-hmm. Take something like Star Wars. It's written for an eight-year-old to a 10-year-old. It still is. And yeah. like that's why middle-aged people are always ticked. Oh, this movie, why is this movie terrible? Because it's not for you anymore. Yeah. It's for yeah. your kids' kids. So it, I guess this depends on w- w- what you want it to be. Like, yeah. do you want it to be something that I take my kids to at this point? 
and have it be cartoony, but like I might roll my eyes like, oh, he's a voodoo guy. All right. Yeah. Uh, or do you want it to be like I'm more real and grounded because now I'm middle aged and uh, I want to see like real people pretend to really fight because watching a, a guy from parts unknown be a zombie yeah, yeah. or, you know, th- doesn't, doesn't fit. I, I think wrestling's having a difficult time deciding what its audience is Yeah, because they're doing a PG product without it being cartoony. Yeah. So it can't be edgy, but it also can't be goofy. So what is it? Yeah. That's why this thing speaks to me because I can watch it for what it is. It's a cartoon show. Yeah. And modern wrestling, I can watch it for what it is, but it's not as engaging. It's it's not as com- like I, I respect the matches and I respect, uh, um, you know, the athleticism of, of the wrestlers and, you know, who's a good wrestler. And I understand all that. And I, I certainly look forward to certain matches because I'm like, oh, this guy's a good wrestler versus this guy's a good wrestler. <laughs> I get that. But a lot of the time, there's not that that story that really grabs me that, you know, builds up to that match that makes me really, you know, either root for one or the other person or just want to see the outcome of it. Yeah. It's just like, I want to see these guys wrestle. I don't care who wins. You know, I just want to see them wrestle. Yeah. I mean, just in this show alone. I see three moments that people still talk about and go back to in this, you know, superstars weekly taping from 1992. This is random episode. And there's three stories that I, I know people still talk about. Yep. Red tight legend. Dwayne Gill. The man who will be Gilbert. Yeah. I don't know what his music was, but I still think it's funny. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think well, I don't think Gilbert ever. I mean, yeah, he had he had the, the, the Goldberg Goldberg yes Goldberg like. Speaking about unre- unrecognizable music, this music hits, and I had no idea what wrestler was coming out. Nope, not a clue. It was Virgil. <laughs> it was Virgil. It was Virgil. It's his first sighting, <laughs> not not as a promo. And uh, yeah, we haven't seen him yet. And he's coming out with his uh, candy striper, candy cane pants. Yeah, I I don't get those. Yeah, I mean there was there were so many things about just you know knowing what we know about Virgil, but just even when he was the in this stage of his his career, you know, looking back at it, it was just like, dude, what are you doing with the the red stripe uh, tights? Uh, his promos were horrible, you know, whatever. Anyway, Vince has nothing. Vince can't figure out a way to promote him. Yeah. <laughs> Virgil comes out and Vince is like, Virgil is one of the superstars here in the World Wrestling Federation. <laughs> That's how he promoted him. Yeah. Of all the superstars in the WWF, yeah. Virgil is one of them. <laughs> he is one of them. Yes. Yes. And he immediately starts plugging the WBF championship. Of course, he, he will be in it. Well, Virgil will be in attendance. Virgil's showing up. Probably because he's being forced to. <laughs> like many of the other WWF superstars. Dwayne Gill gets his two shots in. It's a thumb to the eye and a punch to the face. Yep. You're watching this match again, you realize that this match is all Dwayne Gill and almost zero Virgil. Yeah. He's getting so much help from Dwayne Gill trying to make him look good. Mm-hmm. Gill actually awkwardly climbs up Virgil because Virgil's supposed <laughs> to slam him yeah. and he can't get him in the position. So uh, Dwayne Gill climbs him like Donkey Kong Jr. <laughs> <laughs> to get in position for him. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's adorable. He's like, now nah, I'll fix it for you. Uh, and he, cli- yeah. he climbs up him like a tree. Yes. Don't worry, Virgin. I got this. <laughs> it's uh, twelve minutes two seconds into the show. Dwayne oh, Gill nice. crawling up, <laughs> up. up Virgil. That's great. There's going to be a guest pose down person, and that's Lex, but that never happens. That never happens. A lot of talk about the WBF and Lex Luger yeah. during this entire match because they've got nothing. Yeah, they do get nothing. Luckily, it's over pretty fast because Virgil locks in what I'm going to call the $100 dream. <laughs> I was wondering, like, they didn't call it the million dollar dream. I was like, that's the million dollar dream, like, but they're not giving it a name oh, for Virgil. It's the $30 dream. As yes. <laughs> Yes, please give me $30. <laughs> There's actually a fan wearing a Virgil t-shirt. They actually made some merch for Virgil. Oh, my goodness. Now that. And someone bought it. Not only did they make it, someone bought it. You're going to the merch table, right? Yep. Dad, can I can I buy something, please? All right, you can get one <laughs> thing. I'm going to one thing. And he buys the Virgil shirt. That, I mean, hey, if that person still has that Virgil shirt, that's money right there. This had to be like somebody, uh, like in a WWF official, going out, finding a kid. Go, Would you wear this? We'll put you on television. Because nobody ever bought a Virgil shirt. No. Virgil never bought a Virgil shirt. <laughs> he tried to sell a lot of Virgil shirts. And he tried to sell a lot of things. Uh, yeah, after the uh, 50 Cent Dream, we have uh, a plug for posters. <laughs> it just keeps getting cheaper. <laughs> By the end, he's going to start paying us. Yeah. <laughs> the brother, can you spare a dream? Um, <laughs> Be sorry, I owe you two dollars. Dream. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we plug posters too with uh, the Undertaker and uh, Hogan wearing the winged eagle belt. Yep. At this point, I have seen Dwayne Gill more than I've seen our champion, the Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> That's true. It's very true. Yeah. It's not even close. He had one whole promo. I, I this whole time. Yeah, I'm totally fine with having to pay for the champ in this era. Yeah, where. You never saw the champ on TV. Mm-hmm. You had to pay to go see his match, but you at least promote something. You'd be out there going, Hey, I'm the macho man. Yeah, right. I'm your champion. Mm-hmm. This guy hates me. I'm going to go kick his butt on Saturday at the Spectrum. You get nothing. Whatever. Uh, but luckily, our fourth sign uh, saves us here. Yay. <laughs> money, 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 money. Money Inc. With. <laughs> Jimmy Hart just because. Yeah, for some reason, Jimmy Hart is out here with the greatest baseline in the history of pro wrestling. Yes. Uh, Vince actually says, you know, he acknowledges Jimmy Hart as one of the busiest managers. We've noticed it for the past five, five weeks. weeks. <laughs> Vince, is, Vince is finally saying, yeah, because he's out, you know, so many times. Without any theme whatsoever. You got, like, the tax guy and the money guy. You got the... Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also the doing the Mountie. Yeah. He's got... Uh, who else does he have? Um, he's got the Nasty, nasty Boys. Yes, there's the other tag team. So, yeah, we're going to have to, like, name all the... Or put all the people, like, in the in the heart stable here eventually. And figure it out. Oh, uh, no, he's not Repo Man. I'm sorry. That would have made sense. They're so annoying. They would be perfect together. Yeah. Yeah, the two of them... Yeah. Uh, we have arm flapping Jim Powers and Mark K. Oh, yeah. Mark K, his ring gear is like three sizes too big. Yes, Mark K has a whole, get this, four matches to his credit. This is one of them? Like anywhere, anywhere. This being one of them. Wow. Another 
is a loss to the Brooklyn Brawler. Oh, Brawler got a win. Brawler got a win over Marquet. And I think it's because his tights were too big. They're huge. They, they, there's like gaps in <laughs> spandex. Yes, exactly. They just threw this guy in, in a singlet and said, get up there. Mike Rotundo isn't even trying today. He's like, uh, tax cheating is illegal. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was Which I'm just like, I, I still like, I guess because yeah, I kind of understand it because 92 in this era, like everybody was like, eh, taxes, taxes, taxes. And, you know, people are, you know, the government's trying to take all our money. Go, go, go. So uh, I, I guess that's kind of where this lies. But like thinking about it these days, it's just like he's getting on people for not paying their taxes. And I'm like, yeah, that's, you know, you're supposed to pay your taxes. He's <laughs> <laughs> got a point. I agree <laughs> with him now. Yeah, exactly. The pairing actually doesn't make sense. If all the people in the world that Ted DiBiase wouldn't want to be around. Exactly. It's the guy taking like a good 40% of his income. Exactly. Yeah. I'm taking half your money. Jimmy Hart, good shot of the book tag belts. This mm-hmm. era right here is probably the best belts they ever had. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Across the board. The tag belts never looked better. The Intercontinental Championship never looked better. And the winged eagle belt. They should just bring back these three and just leave them there. Yeah. If they bring them back and maybe like update them slightly, but still have like the basic model, just, you know, give it like a little more flash or uh, I don't know. Uh, but just like this, this model, like not, not too big, not too small. Just perfect. Just good. Someone brought up the idea that the trophies don't change in other sports. Like you don't have a new Stanley cup. Mm-hmm. You don't have, you know, the Lombardi trophy doesn't yeah. change from year to year. It's yeah. like, that's the trophy. Yeah, and it's the same. Yeah. It's recognizable. Why change the belts? Yeah. The big gold belt looked like the big gold belt forever. Yeah. They still have that stupid NWA belt with the, the, globe on it that like that yeah half a ball yeah um but i know what it looks like i see that and i'm like oh that's that stupid looking nwa belt <laughs> oh there it is but it's i know exactly what it is yep the, the minute i see it if you looked at the intercontinental belt right now you'd be like what am i looking at i don't know i don't know i don't even know what the inter like i uh i haven't watched for a little while like i've been kind of like on and off mm-hmm watching so i couldn't even tell you what the, the belt looked like right now it is much better than that uh kind of like the one that kind of looked like a track like the shape of a track and field track that uh, they had in the 90s <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like they squished yeah. it into this oval nice uh, it's not like it's actually a pretty good looking belt it just doesn't look like the intercontinental belt it looks like a really it's a, it's a nice belt but you're looking at it going hmm all right, that if you tell me that's the intercontinental battle, I'll, I'll believe you. But sure, uh, sure, I guess if you say so. Jim Powers, man, did you see him in this match? He's awesome. I I, I was like, well, that's the thing. This was another uh, um, case of like with uh, Jim Brunzel last mm-hmm. week with uh, when he had the Killer Bees because Jim Powers, of course, was with Paul Roma, the Young Stallions, who were like huge in the the eighties. So this is. You know, Jim Powers doing another job. And as soon as I saw that, uh, first of all, I had to look it up because, like, I know he was in a team. Who was it? And then I looked it up. I was like, oh, yeah, Paul Roma, Jim Powers, the Young Stallions. And I, and I said, I know exactly how this match is going to go mm-hmm. because it's the same thing that they did with Jim Brunzel the week before from the Killer Bees. So they, they get Jim Powers in there. He gets his shots in. He's taken over. He's got everything. He's got the crowd going. Then he tags in. 
freaking Marquet, who <laughs> nobody knows, and he's just like a punching bag for Money Inc. for the next two minutes, and it's over. Yeah, he really is. Like Jim Powers is all offense. Yeah, they don't do anything to him. Yeah, uh, Rotunda is, is is selling like crazy for him, mm-hmm. and then he tags out, and it's you're exactly right. He just like, yeah. So they did the same exact thing. Like they don't they don't hurt Jim Powers, but you know. They, they keep him looking strong just in case. And he looked great, too. Yeah. You know? It's a perfect even comment about how good he looks. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you knew how I knew how that match was going to go uh, once I saw it was Jim Powers and some nobody. So there was, there was teams like this that I, I never really liked. Maybe it was because of their size and, and uh, IRS and the Million Dollar Man are so much bigger. Um, mm-hmm. But they had like no flashy offense. They were just pounding guys like the Brain Busters and Arn Anderson and and those yep. guys. When the Brain Busters were there, as it's like these are the most boring people I've ever seen. Even I was no, I wasn't even a fan of um, who are the no flip guys that just left. I don't even know their names. That's how, oh, uh, um, the, re- yeah, the revival, um, uh, re- revival, the revival. revival. Everybody's yeah. telling me how much I should love them, and I'm bored to tears. Uh, but IRS and DiBiase are wrestling just like those guys yeah. in this match, and they look awesome. Like, I am not bored at all. I don't know what the difference is, yeah. but DiBiase, yeah. he punches a guy. He looks like he's really hurting him. Like, he follows through. He looks like he's, like, laying into him. I know he's barely touching him if he's getting him at all, but it yeah. he looks pissed. He looks like he's, like, really hammering at him. There's noise. Like, his stomp with the thing is perfectly timed. You're looking at his arm. You don't even notice that he's stomping with his foot. Yeah. Uh, and it looks great. I don't remember this team being this good and having the belts for this long mm-hmm. because it's, it's, like, a year or two. I don't remember him really tagging up. I thought it was, like, a, a flight of fancy just between uh, uh, WrestleMania, but they they been champs for like a year back and forth at this point yeah. and they look awesome i love money inc yeah yeah bring it back <laughs> vince is so hypnotized by irs's necktie that he calls the clothesline a necktie oh, like, and it's a great necktie by irs <laughs> uh, got him with the clothesline he's like uh. meanwhile th- this had to be recorded some other time this they weren't doing this live this had to be in a booth no like, no. just retake it. Like, <laughs> why, why wouldn't you re-say that? Oh, man, I said necktie. Let's take that again. Why wouldn't you just do it? They're like, yeah. you have the technology. Just stop and redo the the commentary. This is one of those guys that doesn't like to admit mistakes. I meant to say necktie. Yes, of course he did. God damn it. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> one thing I noticed, there was no, and I figured it out why later, there was no picture-in-picture picture by either team. No. They just had the match. No, this one was just a match. Here's one thing I don't get, because uh, we we've talked about like how Jimmy just has this stable of you know misfit toys. <laughs> really? I was noticing in a in a Nasty Boy promo um, that they're talking about like how they're at the top and they're going to make their way back to the top. I was like, wait a minute, Jimmy Hart manages the guys that are on the top. Ah, uh-huh. yeah, good <laughs> right point. Now. So how like. Wait, wait, that doesn't work. And there's a conflict of interest interest right now. Like they never even touch on that, that he's managing the the guy, the top guys right now. And yet he's got two guys down here that are want to be on the top again. You know, that's never spoken of. It's just like, yeah, we're going to get back to the top, baby. And then, you know, he's over here with money. Inc. Like he's, he's talking out of both sides of his mouth. If I'm, if I'm, you know, I, looking behind the I, between the lines here. Yeah, I 
I remember there being a face run of the Nasty Boys. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's comes into play. I don't know. Oh no. Hmm. <laughs> it was just a, it was it was a side thought that I had there thinking about it. You know, because he manages both. Yeah, I don't remember how they turned or when. Mm-hmm. Let's stay tuned. Stay tuned. This is great. Uh, Sean Mooney in the event center warning kids that the mm-hmm. moves are dangerous and not to try them <laughs> on members of their families or their friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess enemies are totally fair game. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. You could kick the crap out of any of your enemies with, with this move. Try the, try the 50 cent dream. Uh, and see, see if it works for you. <laughs> yeah. Try Try to put your enemies to sleep on, Virgil. on somebody you don't know. On somebody you don't like. That, yeah. You know what? I'm glad you mentioned that because I forgot that they gave IRS a pin here. Yes. I guess so they didn't go back to back with the same move. They've been trading the the uh, finish anyway. DiBiase and IRS yeah. kind of like alternate who's going to end the match. But they ended with IRS yeah. because you'd have two versions of the Million Dollar Dream go on back, in back to back matches. So I wonder if they gave that some thought. They're like, oh, God, Virgil just used my move. All right, you pin him. <laughs> but the event center, th- there's there's a lot of gems in this episode. This, oh, yeah. this one, not to skip to the end, this one might have been my favorite uh, <laughs> since we started. Yeah. Uh, the new dual neon taxi cab suspended Aladdin Pants high energy is in the <laughs> promo booth. Yes, they are. I looked up when You Can't Touch This came out. <laughs> yes. Present day, as, as far as this taping goes, is 1992. Yes. You can't touch this. Came out in 1990. <laughs> so this, yes. They're two and a half years behind the curve with this. Two years late. <laughs> two years late with this. With this get up. Yep. Oh yeah. It is a, tra- a train wreck interview with Coco. This is Vince. This is Vince saying, "Hey, did you hear that new MC Screwdriver song? <laughs> <laughs> you can't." touch on this it's great you see those pants i want you in those pants it's we, we can't wrestle in these pants oh god damn it you find a way come on this is hip the kids love it <laughs> oh my god <laughs> that's what it is that's what happened to them coco the whole going to the top and and uh the fact that his new team is called High Energy. Yes. He walks right into this trap. He's like, Yes, he did. We've got energy and we're really high. Whoops. <laughs> and then he like immediately tries to self correct. He's like, A natural high. A natural high. <laughs> Not that kind of high, kids. We don't do that here at the WWF. No. Uh, we are on a natural high. Frankie the parrot is trying to get away from this interview. I have to go back and watch that again just to see if Owen like reacts to it in any specific way because I didn't even look at Owen's face. <laughs> like, I can only imagine. He's nodding, like, yes. Right. Oh, yeah. We're... Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're real high right now. <laughs> Super high right now. Nat- natural high. Yeah. That's it. They got their natural high. They got their electricity. Oh my god! Oh yeah, it was great. Oh my god, <laughs> it's it's so horrible. It's so horrible. It's awesome. Oh, it goes points at the bird. The board bird almost bites his finger off. Yeah, oh. that's so great. That is absolutely oh, it's, legendary, right there. And just, I mean, that was worth the price of the WWE Network. <laughs> right there you gotta love this uh, uh yeah 
even overshadows the the promo from uh, Rick Martell that's up next. Yes, wearing Tatanka's bullshit, and uh, yeah, he goes into the whole trendsetter. He's a trendsetter with his. Uh, all, right, all right, we you you stole the 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 feathers, and now you're wearing them as a fashion statement. We get it, uh, but you know what? I, I still got to give him credit because he has made a bad gimmick good. Yeah, he, you know he he's such a good heel. Into it. Uh, and honestly, he looks better with the feathers than Tatanka. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. If he came out with the feathers and Tatanka wasn't really a wrestler, it'd be like, yeah, it's the fashion. Totally works. <laughs> you got the feathers. I hate that. I hate that. But, and, it, and it works. But I hate the giant I am a model pin. But the, it, it, it works for the gimmick because it makes me hate him. Right. Because I was like, why are you wearing this stupid, you are such a, a jerk for wearing this giant I am a model pin. But I mean, it worked for the gimmick. Wool Britannia. Yeah. Playing on the speakers. We got uh, David Boy Smith to inevitably destroy our two-toned mullet, uh, Barry Hardy. Oh my God. I, the, the mullet. Just the mullet. There are several two-toned mullets today. Oh yeah, this this is the worst of the worst, though. Has to be because it's just the 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 tones just don't even make sense. Do you know anything about Barry? Because he actually looks like he's got some game. No, he was he had a match uh, a couple of weeks ago, or maybe even last week or something. Uh, I think he he might have been a tag team with somebody, but there was really not that much on Barry Hardy. There, no, they seem to have like a crew of red tights that travel and then there's a bunch that they've they found somewhere they just got it from from local organizations from wherever they are yeah perfect's talking flair macho hardy says he's stronger than the bulldog during this match yes he played he played that part of the heel man he did he, he is not strong he's not at all he's not even close this match man i forgot how fast david boy smith is oh yeah he jumps completely over hardy for the leapfrog spot mm-hmm. and hardy doesn't duck down for him no. like he leaps literally over a man he did the full full jump yep picture picture of repo yes complaining how dogs hurt his business I fell for him. I'm like, this This is a great way to tie it in. Yeah. Uh, I'm a repo man. I have to go steal your stuff because you didn't pay. Um, and dogs annoy me during this process. Thus and theretofore, we must fight. Yes. Yes. I am going to choke you and I am going to take them. I, I couldn't say tell if he said fight or bite. I'm guessing bite because that would make more sense with the dog because he said, I'm going to choke him and take the bite out of the dog. Yes. And yeah, so. I've got a collar for you. There's a lot of yeah. doggy ponds. Yeah. It works with a guy yeah. with a rope. Yeah. Hardy gets some shots in. Um, Just a few. As uh, yeah. Vince reminds us that Repo hung Davey because that didn't happen on this show. No, that happened on the uh, challenge. Davey holds the guy up for like two and a half years before dropping him. <laughs> Uh, which again is impressive, but why would you ever stay like that for him? <laughs> yeah, if if I'm st- if I'm upside down like that, I'm gonna start waving my legs around instead of just stick them straight up in the air. Yeah, uh, power slam, and it's over, and we cut to a picnic. Yes, we are going to a picnic. picnic. We got uh, perfect in uh, neon green navy tracksuit. So this is this is what I was referring to earlier because we haven't heard too much about 
this feud, like maybe little snippets here and there from Perfect. Right. Uh, but we haven't really heard too much because, of course, we've only seen Macho once. once. He did one thing and then... Flair's had two matches. Flair's had two matches uh, in which it was alluded to, but it was just like, when this came up, mm-hmm. I was just like, oh yeah, there's a feud between Flair and, and Macho right now that I completely forgot about. <laughs> yeah, because the, the second Flair match was actually all about the Mountie and Sarge. Exactly. Flair was just kind of there for for the match, but really the story mm-hmm. was about... Uh, the Mountie coming out. Yeah. The Mountie and Sarge. Yeah. yeah we got, uh, I had uh, per- perfect. And I have the same exact fashion sense because <laughs> I had that black pair of Jordan sixes back in the day. I actually, Oh, nice. Um, we got a boom box, which I, I was wondering yeah. why it was even there. And we find out later. Mm-hmm. Uh, Flair's shirt is made out of a jungle bathrooms wallpaper right there. It's, <laughs> it is, it is a sight. It is. There's a lot going on. It's awesome. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is wondering where his clothes are at this moment because <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. They go. Yeah. They're both sitting with uh, everybody's semi-formal date from 1992. I was going to say it was Kelly Kapowski's stand in there. Yeah. Yeah. She's in a, uh, a high school semi-formal dress. Yes. Um, they're in a picnic, but they're actually, they're in a backyard. Yeah. They're just in somebody's backyard. <laughs> like they're not at a park. Yeah. It's a picket fence. There's a house behind them. It's like, why? Yeah. who's having a picnic on their lawn? <laughs> the background we have uh, also Sparks Aristusta playing the fake uh, Strauss. Yeah, it was very faint, but I was just like, okay, so they're just going to play Flair's music behind this whole promo. Okay, I get it. I thought that's what was playing on the boombox. Like, he had this never-ending <laughs> circular reel of his own he theme walks song. Around with the boom he walks around with fake Strauss. Do you know who I am? Listen to this. This phony-ass Strauss piece. <laughs> Perfect does to spit the gum out and smack it move, which he does later yes. with the tape in the boombox. Yes, he does. I thought that was awesome. Uh, Miss Elizabeth is allegedly harassing... Uh, Flair, he's really harsh and his mellow with uh, some crazy ex-girlfriend stalking. By the way, of uh, unexpected visits, phone calls, answering machine messages, and telegrams. She still she used telegrams. She's using telegrams. And like, why not passenger pigeon? And smoke? like, who sends telegrams? Yeah, right. Nineteen ninety-two. <laughs> like, that's a that's a Vince line. She's gonna use telegrams. Yeah, she goes, right. How else would you communicate? <laughs> of course. I got this uh, sent Western Union. <laughs> Party Express. <laughs> per- per- Perfect's like, why don't you, come on, Rick, why don't you give her another shot? And he's like, no, she's out. She's out. She's done. <laughs> she's done. done. I'm done with her. <laughs> and yes. then he just tur- turns to fake Kelly Kapachi because like, you're all the way live. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> the greatest promo of all time. This is everything the high energy one wasn't. This is just awesome. That's awesome. So apparently they have a recording of Liz leaving an answering machine message and you get like flares half of the message. Yes, of course. Wait for the woo and the beep. Wait for the woo and the beep. (laughs) Woo! Beep! So great. Of course there's a woo. You know what? I bet you if you called (laughs) Ric Flair on his cell phone, there's a woo on his voice message right now. Like that's never going away. Woo! Leave a message. Woo! Leave a message. Yes, there's going to be a woo. (laughs) 
Flair just said, no, she's gone. She's out. She's like, everybody, once, once you've had a day, I know you want to get back, but no, it is, this is why every, yeah. everybody around my little inner circle of juniors in high school wanted to be Ric Flair. Of course. We wanted to have this much game. Yeah. And we did not. No. We, we had none of this game, but it was just awesome. We did not have the Flair game. Oh, we were living so vicariously through this, man. Yeah, of course. Oh, my God. It was great. <laughs> As best promo I've seen in years, yeah. which was followed up by uh, Sean Mooney in the event center, and we get a crush promo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, what a way to come down after that. And I, I have the crush promo, if you're ready. I'm ready. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have a couple of, of things, because as I'm, as I'm uh, dictating this, I had to write in some extra, like, underlying lines that you didn't actually hear. Like, he says them, but you didn't actually hear it. So I had to, you know... I, I had to write these <laughs> Okay. Yeah. I, so, you guys, hi, I'm Crush. <laughs> In case you didn't know from my previous awful promos and the fact that it's written ever so horribly on my spandex yeah. that I never seem to take off. <laughs> and I'm here just to talk about exactly what I'm doing in the WWF. Most likely the same thing that everybody else is. He's <laughs> wrestling. Wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> you, I believe... I don't know what that meant, but you, I believe that no matter what you do, you should always strive to be number one. And that's exactly what I intend to be here in the WWF is number one. He's definitely number two. Yeah. (laughs) Now, I know I got a big, mighty mountain to climb and I'll crush anyone who gets in my way. (laughs) Also... I don't know what there's yeah, this giant pause there. This, I just have written big pause. I'm like, what the heck was that? He just sits there for a little while after that. Like, just take that in for a second. Anyway, guys. Also, I'd like to send a message out to all the bullies and all the garbage that's been floating around the WWF at six, seven, 320 pounds. Believe me, I can be anybody's worst nightmare. So once again, the message goes out to anyone who gets in Crush's way. You don't want to be around when Crush comes crashing down. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is why, in, like, the following WrestleMania is beaten by a clown. Yeah. He, he does not last long. No, it's, it's so sad. His promos are awful. The gimmick is bad. He was never, he was never better than what he was in Demolition. Exactly. You should have just kept him in the demolition and be like, I am the, the sole remaining member of demolition. I can still kick people's butts. That would have been a, a better gimmick. We get the Beverly brothers with uh, Fredo Macho, the geniuses in the house. They talk about being undefeated. Mm-hmm. LOD is now losers, but not sissies anymore. Okay. Genius almost forgets who he's promoting. Promoting. Do you see that at the beginning when he's, when he's introducing the Beverly brothers, he's like, and here they are. The Beverly Brothers is like, wait, who am I promoting again? I think he got caught in the the idea that he usually reverses them. He usually does some kind of poem and calls them the Brothers Beverly. Yeah. Oh, that's right. And then he had to do like, it's like, wait, the uh, the, the Beverly Brothers. There it is. <laughs> the Beverly Brothers. Um, <laughs> the Beverly Brothers are hilarious. So subtly. They're like. They start making fun of the Legion of Doom for having a manager. <laughs> and yeah. the genius is like right behind them. The genius is right there. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are losers for having a manager. You have a manager like us. Like us. How could you be losers 
for having a manager like we do. Uh, <laughs> I love it. We're, we're in our 10th segment. We're 27 minutes in, and we've had 10 separate wow. segments. Uh, red tight Bobby Knight. Uh, not the not the famous coach. <laughs> so he was he was Jim Brunzel's tag partner in the in the match the Beverly Brothers match from the the week before. Oh, so if I were uh, some nut, okay, that decided instead of trying to follow the storylines of the real wrestlers, but trying to find follow the stories of the red tights, I would be really confused at this point because I'd be like Bobby, right. What happened to Jim? Yeah, what's it to Jim? <laughs> it's like he was—he was your buddy. He's gone now. <laughs> yeah, where was the breakup angle? Where was the? I know, I know. What happened there? <laughs> That'd be hilarious if we actually got some of that. Like you get this clip of Bobby Knight throwing uh, one of the killer bees <laughs> through uh, the barbershop window. Yes, I'm done with you. <laughs> I'm off to lose by myself. Is this First actual Mountie match that we've seen because I don't remember the he's the Mountie theme song playing. I mean, we get it a lot. You know what? It, that that's got to be true because I I don't remember the Mountie song. Yeah. Um. So there must not have been a Mountie match because his old theme music was like just Canadian concert music. Yeah. This is annoying music, by the way. You hated that he's the Mountie. I hate. I okay. I get it. You're the Mountie. Like you have nothing else besides that. I'm the Mountie. Okay, you get it. Perfect. Still talking Macho Flair. So we're this is the third promo slash reference to the, the champion and his challenger. So that's that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Slaps in a flying forearm to Bobby Knight, recapping the electrocution of Sergeant Slaughter in the uh, broadcast booth with Shock Stick 2.0. He pushes the Shock Stick. And then this is the first mention, I believe, of Jack Tunney. Yeah, you haven't heard from much from him no. since we started this thing. Yeah, uh, we get a picture and picture of uh, Sarge, yep. who I really wish did the since he got electrocuted that he actually did the uh, gold dust after he got electrocuted. Tourette's with the stutter, stutter, <laughs> stutter. <laughs> but he doesn't. He's he's just fine. He says Happy Memorial Day. No, he's just fine because he 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 will get or the Mountie will get the shock of his life, and Sergeant Slaughter will never surrender. Never give up. Never surrender. Uh, I mean, go America, America, America. Dropkick and a pin by the Mountie. He pins him by sitting on Bobby Knight's face. <laughs> I noticed that. I was like, geez, it didn't even take him out to dinner first. No, he sits on his face, <laughs> legs facing his head. Exactly. Like junk face first. <laughs> the weirdest pin I've ever seen in my life. I know. At first I thought he was on his chest and then they were, they, nope, he's sitting on his face. Nope, he's he's sitting on his face. Yep, exactly. That's how he pins him. Um, it was very awkward. They go through a, a ceremony to get this stick out, but Vince says he's not allowed to use the stick anymore. No, he threatens uh, Kenny Knight or Bobby Knight, whatever he is. And uh, he also threatens the referee. You know, which should be enough to get him at least some type of suspension or fine. But no, that doesn't happen. He just chases him out of the ring. I I thought it was uh, really good that the ref distracted the wrestler. (laughs) Usually the the wrestler is distracting the ref from something bad. Yeah. The ref distracts the, the wrestler so Bobby can escape without getting zapped. Yeah. I'm guessing what they're doing is this thing is so lethal that they don't dare use it. But everybody's bummed they don't get to see it being used. It's shock sticks. Like, just toast a dude. Well, I mean, if it's anything like what they said before, it's 80,000 watts, uh, apparently. So 
I still have to look that up. You know what? I got to write that down. What would 80,000 watts actually do to a person? <laughs> it will power a DeLorean into the 50s. <laughs> uh, that's true. <laughs> So, yeah, I was like initially disappointed. Like, I'm not even going to see the, they go through this whole rigmarole about how they, they unlock the shock stick. It takes 10 minutes to get the shock stick out. Mm. And then he's not allowed to use it or else he'll get suspended. He doesn't use it. No. And I'm like, that's dumb. But then I'm like, wait a minute, that's actually smart. It's so deadly that we can't possibly yeah. use it on somebody. Yeah. So when he does use it, it's like, ah. <laughs> so he's coming in. He's the Mountie. He's handsome, bravey, strong. He's going over the. He wins the match. He's the Mountie. He's handsome. Yeah, yeah. He goes to zap the guy. It doesn't work. He asks for a theme one more time. We got three, <laughs> three. Yeah. Attempts at the uh, at the the uh, Mountie song. Yet another reason why I don't like this song because I just heard it three times in one episode. Yeah. But uh, over it, we get a, a a new ad for Crunch Classic. Yeah. The Crunch Classic video with a Piper feature and 24 hours on the road with Jimmy Hart. Yeah. What do you suppose that's like? It's like sitting through the Lord of the Rings again. Yeah, I I could only assume it's like Jimmy Hart completely gimmicked up. So it's not, you know, because they didn't do like kayfabe, great kayfabe. Oh, yeah, you're probably right. He's probably is. So is. So this is completely fabricated 24 hours. This is not a real 24 hours. Oh my God. Jimmy Hart. Can you, can you imagine if it was uncut? <laughs> like you go to rent the tape and it's like 12 tapes long and it's nothing yeah. but 12 hours of Jimmy Hart. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be awesome. The thing is they're trying to sell me this tape with that. <laughs> like we got an interview with Piper. We got Jimmy Hart. They don't tell me any of the matches. No. They got Earthquake on the cover. Well, if you think about it, I mean, who have we seen the most in the last six weeks? The hardest working man in WWF right now is Jimmy Hart. So you got to wonder what 24 hours in the life of Jimmy Hart is like knowing how hard he works for this guy. I think I've sat through 20 hours of Jimmy Hart just watching these matches. <laughs> exactly. It's going to be a lot like watching superstars. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we could put an entire episode again uh, uh, together just of Jimmy Hart in these first, you know, that'd be 45 minutes right there. You're finding a new co-host. I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) Mean Gene is out to interview the Ultimate Warrior. Oh, yeah. We got the Rockers theme remix and Turquoise Warrior with a white varsity jacket. Mm-hmm. He uh, says some spell-themed bullshit. What, is, what, what do we got? Okay, so he says, uh, I didn't, I didn't, because um, these are, of course, in response to Gene's questions. I did not write down Gene's questions. Right. I, I kind of uh, surmised a little bit, but on uh, Ultimate War in his first, he says, you wonder. And those that do not believe wonder. So everybody's wondering. If you believe, you don't believe, everybody's <laughs> wondering. He's covered all his bases. Everybody okay. is wondering. Every single person. This, by the way, is my favorite segment of the show where Dom translates the warrior. <laughs> Dom, you could have just said, so everybody. 
Everybody. That's what he's saying. <laughs> yeah. He spoke too many words. Yeah. For, for I stand before my warriors and you, Papa Shango, to let you know that any weakness in my physical condition recently has already been turned into a greater strength. All right. So, yeah, he, he got over his tummy ache. Now, he's, now he feels better. <laughs> hey, everybody. I'm over it. Yeah, he's got immunity now. <laughs> that's, that's he's, got, he's got antibodies. He's got his anti-voodoo. Yes, his little white warrior blood cells. That's right. They worked in. overtime, and then, uh, he's, he's good. He's got all the antibodies. <laughs> How can a force of my warriors, such as these, that leaves the entire world spellbound, fall under a spell of your voodoo? <laughs> Uh, that that I had to break up a little bit. Let me back All up. Right. Let me back up. How, how can a force of my warriors such as these, mm-hmm. yeah, that that leaves the entire world spellbound? So he's still talking about the force back at the beginning of the yeah. <laughs> Fall under a spell of your voodoo. Okay, his warriors such as these. He's talking about the warriors in the audience. Like, here's an example yes. of some warriors. Yes. These guys over <laughs> here buying my merch. <laughs> How can they fall under voodoo? They can't. The, the, the warriors. Yeah, there, there's too much there's force. too much there. force. Okay. Gene speaks a little bit. Mm-hmm. And he, he's he's basically saying, so you're in control of your destiny? Oh, this is the best part. And, 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 <laughs> <laughs> and warriors like... I have never been in control of my destiny. That's right. He goes with the flow, man. He just like goes where the where the warriors take him. Yes, yes. He, I mean, how could he be in control of anything? He was born in parts unknown. He doesn't even know <laughs> where he is. Yes, it's like, where's your home? When he was trying to take the SATs and he had to like bubble in his address, he's like, "Is there a question mark that I can fill in?" Because uh, it's parts unknown. I don't know. I do not know where to send this test result. It is these warriors that stand behind me. These warriors that walk with me that are in control of such things. Yeah. I mean, they're in control of his destiny. Not only that, they are simultaneously standing and walking with him. <laughs> standing with him and walking with him at the same time. Standing and walking. Well, that's pretty you know, multitaskers. That's what warriors do. I mean, I guess he could be on like one of those airport treadmills and have that work. Yes. They're standing. They're also moving. I guess, I guess so. That'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> so every time I go to an airport now. You're going to be like, I'm following the warrior. What's your gate? Gate? What gate? I'm following the warrior. <laughs> I'm following the warrior. I stand and walk. I stand and walk with the warrior. <laughs> gate seven. <laughs> to Orlando. That's where I'm going. With the warrior. <laughs> but I stand here to tell you that these warriors believe that the voodoo you possess is nothing but another challenge that must be stopped. A challenge that must be conquered. A challenge we will survive. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory. He did that pretty well there. It's like, hey, we got this voodoo. We're going to defeat it. We're going to survive it. You don't have to walk anymore because I'm standing. Yeah, that one. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. And it's at this point where uh, something starts oozing from his head. Yes. You can see him put his uh, hands into his jacket pocket where he never wore a jacket. I don't understand this. Yeah. I was wondering why he was wearing the jacket. I was like, oh. And that was to hide the uh, ooze the pump. Ooze now, this is also, I mean, this whole Papa Shango thing was so bad that it's good. Um, you had the soup thing and then the ooze thing. I remember the ooze. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand then i still don't understand to this day why the voodoo curse made ooze come out of his bangs i don't know enough about voodoo he feels that he feels the ooze on his head then he looks at his hand and he's just like why like i thought like they, they didn't really say anything about that but that would have been a good point for them to be like oh maybe it's like papa shango is like taking him over or something like that's shango talking through the warrior you know, I thought that would, would have been a good way to explain that. Put Shango somewhere else in the in the place because mm-hmm. we're pre Titan Tron and we're pre like when you can do like I'm I'm in the back. And I got this video. Just yeah. do stuff that people know of. Voodoo. No one knows about voodoo. Yeah. Just, what do we know? We know voodoo doll. Yeah. Just get a doll of the warrior. There's a million wrestling buddies out there. Just take a wrestling buddy <laughs> and then start stabbing him with something. Ow. Ow. Or, yeah. And then have him like, ah, ooh, you know, just writhe in pain a bit. Yeah. But what's with, the, what's with the black ink? I don't know. I, I kind of like the, the ooze. I, I, I wrote down that it was a good angle for the early 90s, you know, because it was, it, was, it was definitely unexpected. Like I didn't, I did not expect it at, at this point. That was what was going to happen. So you know, I I kind of I kind of dug it. Anybody who wasn't watching at home, which is everybody in this arena, yeah. cannot see anything that's happening. Yeah, he just raises his hand, which is covered in goo, but no one's going to be able to see that, and goes mm-hmm. warrior, and yeah. everybody's like, yeah. Meanwhile, they have no <laughs> idea is in distress. Yeah, that he's been cursed. They're just like. Yeah, man, you're the warrior. Right, warrior. Yeah, yay, warrior. <laughs> I, I remember it because they replay it to this day. I still I still don't understand what they were trying to do with it. Just voodoo doll. It's so easy. It writes itself. Just, Pretty simple. Yeah. Pretty simple. Just smack it around and have them like, ow. <laughs> Stop it. Stop. <laughs> what if you just, that'd be funny if they finally got like to the last match and Shago had like the, the little and just threw it on the ground and pinned it and you just see a player just like go over it's done done None. that was the whole match yeah. it'd be better if he was champion <laughs> like he loses the title because he pinned the doll yes that'd be awesome yes. <laughs> we have red tight Vince Sola Vince Sola so where uh, uh, Kay had all the four matches to his credit yes Vince Sola has Two. Well, I can totally see why because <laughs> yes. this guy is high on the list of we could have been wrestlers. Yeah. Looking at this dude, I'm like, if this guy counts, we we could have been wrestlers. Yes. We also have the Dublin Destroyer. Who really I was like, oh, he's got like a name, he's got like a gimmick going on here. All right, I get it. So I look him up and there's really nothing for him. This uh, this match was actually very close to the end of his career. Really? Which was not which was not very long. It was like maybe three years long. Yeah. And this was like four or five matches before the end of his career. This is his wife gone. You, you gonna grow up yet? It's been three years. You've had two matches. Yeah. <laughs> 
Pretty much. Oh, uh, okay, Mr. Destroyer. Take the trash out. <laughs> yeah, he's got he spent some money. I mean, he's got a jacket with his name on it. He's got uh yeah. some gimmick going, but the tights are a little high. They look like a diaper with a four-leaf clover. It does. And he's 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 huge. I mean, he's gotta be like six six eight. Yeah. He's, yeah. Well, probably not that big, maybe six six. But he's tall. It's really big. Something like that. Uh but oh my god, Luke and Butch. Ignoring all COVID safety protocols. They're, they're licking the audience. You can't do that. They're licking the entire audience coming down. Like, I I just, you know, even, no, even with COVID not a thing, like. <laughs> why would you let these guys lick your children? Why would you let these guys lick your children? Come on. They're letting fans pet them. I, mommy, mommy, he licked me. That's, that's nice. nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I thought this was going to be fun. <laughs> oh my god oh. can you imagine if this was like Goodness. today and the bushwhackers were responsible for like eight, eight deaths <laughs> like, <laughs> like, <laughs> talking about a super spreader yeah. oh jeez oh Fauci's like oh my god <laughs> like, get rid of those damn bushwhackers <laughs> They're licking everybody. Vince is trying to cover for the fact that the crowd is kind of done with the Bushwhackers. Uh, the Bushwhackers yeah. do try to revive the crowd. Yeah, they tried. I don't know. I mean, we are on day three, and I don't remember if they do three or four weeks of tapings. I think it's four. I've noticed how much the arena's blacked out at this point. I wonder if yeah. there people started leaving. Yeah. Because yeah. those tapings were a haul to sit through for fans. I mean, oh yeah, that's like four hours of wrestling right there. Yeah, and not like you get to see your favorite wrestlers over and over. Once you've seen them once, you're like, all right, I'm good. But yeah, in this match, I noticed God, the arena is like really getting dark lower. Like you mm-hmm. only see the floor area at this point. Not much of anything above the floor. Yeah, poor Vince Sola. His his man boobs are flapping around like uh, literally uh, giving him black eyes. It's the saddest thing. But if you want to see that, it's at uh, thirty five minutes, <laughs> thirty seven minutes, thirty five seconds. You can see poor Vince Sola <laughs> in full effect there. Oh, uh, hey guys, my eyes are up here. I mean, yeah. I mean, when a similar thing happened to uh lita and and uh, stephanie mcmahon they had to censor it <laughs> in post yeah yeah not not so much censoring on vince no vince sola full <laughs> unfortunately full full man boobs and full effect oh goodness um, he gets tossed in the ropes and then instantly pinned like yeah this match went by so fast thank god yeah this was a quick one but i actually had to go back and see if the dublin destroyer was even in the match <laughs> because i didn't even remember seeing him in there i must have been like writing notes down and i looked up and they pinned vince solo i'm like whoa the match is over <laughs> it's gone it's done yeah, there was no offense for our red tights in this one. No, uh, we're coming to the fans doing the uh, bushwhacker arm thing. I was never there for any of the bushwhackers. I could not. I didn't like them then. Don't like them now. Mm, no. I was not a fan. When I was maybe 10, it could have been fun. But I don't know. This was a little bit, uh, you know, what was I now? 17 at this point. I don't think I could have handled bushwhackers. No. Especially it, with the licking. It was, it was awful. But that's okay because all all... All will be right with the world. Because coming up next. Oh, yeah. You got the giant Kamala. Here he is. Oh, God. I love this act so much. This is the greatest <laughs> act in the history of professional wrestling. Um, so, you know, we, we just had the re- retirement of The Undertaker. And every five seconds, somebody's saying, oh, the greatest character of all time. Bullshit. It was it was Kamala, <laughs> the Ugandan giant. Kamala? This, yeah. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> 
It's just, it's the perfect gimmick. Like I literally called my wife and I was like, you got to come in here. Kamala's on. <laughs> it is so perfect. Come on, kids, grab the popcorn. Oh, Kamala's Kamala on the TV. Match. It's the greatest thing. <laughs> this, it's, it's just such a, uh, Dr. Harvey Whippleman. Doctor. And I still, I still have yet to see this dissertation because I'm not buying it. Um, he introduces Kamala and Kim Chi we got a red tight in green and pink spandex 80% body fat Mm -hmm. two-toned mullet Mm -hmm. it's Kerry Davis Kerry Davis who had several uh, matches to his credit but they were all in the WWF and he always lost well did not did not have anything just lost everything there's in shape and then there's a shape he is definitely a shape (laughs) he is a shape (laughs) He's like a square on a circle on a triangle. But, yes. <laughs> uh, I, I love this act so much because they take off Kamala's mask and he looks like he has no idea why he's there or where he is. He's like, exactly. he's like They're just letting him loose. loose. He's like, where am I? He's like, this is great. <laughs> just attack that dude, you'll be good. <laughs> so good. He chops, chokes, he hacks him. Yes. Uh, and kicks him. The only thing I didn't like was he actually does a wrestling move where he throws him into the rope and then back kicks him. And Kamala should never, ever, ever, no, ever do a real wrestling move. No, there's no point for him to do wrestling. No, he should not even know what wrestling is. He should attack this guy like he is he was something to eat. Yeah. The big splash makes it even better because I love they keep on. He's done this before. Like he's already had a match hmm. and <laughs> he goes and splashes the guy on his back and he's still like trying to end the match and they keep on having to tell him Kamala, no. Roll the guy over. You got to roll, gotta roll, roll him, over. him over. He's got to be on his back. He's like, oh, yeah, I forgot. You're just not getting And this. then he pins him, and he won't get off of him because he has no idea what a three count is. <laughs> He's just there. He's like, okay, I'll, I'll turn him over and lie on him. <laughs> and the three, the bell, it's meaningless to him. He's just like, all right. Sure. And then, like, two guys have to go and tell him, no, you can get off of him now. The match is over. He didn't know he was in a match. He had no clue why he was even there. Exactly. Oh, it's great. And then when he's like, walking his, walking out of the ring, he just steps on Davis to get out of the ring. He just walks on him. Like, oh, that's awesome. I don't even know why this guy's still here. I killed him. He's dead. I'll just walk over. <laughs> oh, my God. It's great. I love this act. I love this act so much. It's, it's so good. Oh, good. <laughs> Just coming out. Good. Takes off the mask. He's wearing paint under the mask. He's got a moon on him. He's got stars on him. He's slapping his stomach. Slapping his stomach. <laughs> Loves it. He is. Loves it. He's. he's this will feed you your raw meat. Just do something with this person before you get oh, there. He's so, he's so confused. Why am I even here? <laughs> I should be in the jungle. What am I doing here? That's that's where I'm from. Oh, God. So great. It's awesome. To bring this down from that, a new WBF magazine is out on Tuesday. Yes, with Cameo. So I had to look up Cameo because I was like, they're really pushing this Cameo, but she has like nothing really to do with wrestling because she was never... Uh, you know, ringside or anything like that. Right. Um, so she was obviously big in, in bodybuilding and all that kind of stuff. Um, and she did like some little cameo, uh, no pun intended, um, shots on various 
TV shows, actually. Like she was in a few episodes, like she was in The Renegade. So that's, oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah, she was in Charmed for like an episode. So she like she did some other stuff, uh, you know, around the the film area, the TV area besides this. But I was like, there really wasn't too much else besides that. You can find like videos of her on on YouTube uh, doing like bodybuilding type stuff. Uh, but in the magazine, a feature about the truth about steroids. Yes. So that's the other thing I wanted. I was like, OK, so when was the steroid trial? After this. After this. It's coming up. It's yeah, it's soon ish. I just thought that was interesting because, you know, that, you know, the foreshadowing here is kind of is very interesting. What no one else will tell you about steroids. <laughs> <laughs> They're great. They're awesome. They make you huge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's the truth about steroids in the WWF. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just kind of interesting. Maybe like there was a. A little hint of some things going around, so he's trying to quash it. Yeah. Uh, early with the, it's like you know, to so come back to this in in '94 and say, look, in '92 I published this. Yeah. This article, you know, we knew it was bad back then. Why would I, you know? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I know either, but I thought it was interesting because uh, the guys are getting smaller. Yeah. We're starting to push the smaller dudes. Uh, we still have the warrior running around yeah because of davy boy i mean come on oh yeah now we are this is the second time they've ended this way which i think is uh maybe even the third it's kind of a downer they end with the event center yeah and yeah we got uh sean and sherry yep another good good sean michaels promo i like these sean michaels promos he uh dropped a weird word in there he goes like it's talking about brett being in the past and not and sean's the future and he's rocking mm -hmm. and i thought I was like, oh. he made a, a rocking reference. I mean, he just kind of fell into it. Like, I'm, I'm hip. I'm cool. I'm now. I'm rock and roll. But you, you, you were a rocker. You literally were a rocker. <laughs> yeah. If I think about it, like '92, like rocking was a was a fairly hip adjective in '92. So you know, I would refer to things as rocking. Yeah, Mooney starts running with the rocking quote and does a bunch of Rolling Stone puns. Oh, good for good for good for Mooney. Then we got a Natural Disasters promo, and I guess this is why we didn't have one during the Money Inc. match. Mm. This was the Earthquakes' big costume change. Like he had the blue tights for a while. Mm. Then when he they joined the Natural Disasters, they kind of like had a theme going with Typhoon, where they kind of tried to get their outfits kind of on the same page. I'm wondering if this uh, outfit that he's wearing was the genesis of the shark gimmick over in WCW because it looks like shark fin. Yeah, yeah. Like if you're staring at the thing and then the Richter scale thing kind of looks like a shark mouth. So I wonder if they're like looking at the thing. Well, we can't use earthquake, but your shit looks like a shark. So let's go with it. That's how smart they were over in WCW at this point. We don't want to buy new tights for you we're just going to use those <laughs> and screw them up a little bit yeah it's it looks very finny and it's passable as a, as a fish theme that's it uh they're going after all the heart teams including irs and um, money inc yeah the, the, this was this was interesting because i thought it was like it's a promo on jimmy hart it's not a promo on a wrestler it was a promo on a jimmy hart and his entire stable yeah they're just like we don't like jimmy hart so <laughs> We're just going to take out everybody that Jimmy Hart manages, which is like two thirds, two thirds of the roster at this point. Every heel. Yes, pretty much. Yeah. They even say we're going after the Mountie. Like, yeah, like Jacques Rougeau's over here. Like, I'm not even in the team anymore. 
Ray, Raymond's retired. He's going to be a commentator. <laughs> I didn't do it. Macho shows up in a Slim Jim commercial. Yeah. In the first promo, the first Slim Jim promos, I'm guessing this is very early on because I think the Slim Jim thing became much more popular when he was in WCW. Apparently, that's what paid for him to go over there. Yeah. Like, it, it, it didn't really cost them any money whatsoever to have Macho because Slim Jim basically fit, uh, foot the bill. Yeah. Um, so they got a sponsor out of it, and they got, like, a free Macho Man because of that, that deal. So, but I, I was like, oh, here they come. Snapping to a Slim Jim. Yeah. There it was. I mean, that's that's iconic. The Macho Man snapping to a Slim Jim. The weird thing is they kept that in on the network. Like, they didn't slice that out. It's part of the show. Yeah. Uh, it's part of the show proper. Yeah. And it's a and it's commercial for Slim Jim. Yeah, I have to see how many how much they still do that because they were sponsored by a lot of people over the years that were like consistent. Like I remember Stridex being huge. Um, so I wonder how many mm-hmm. legacy products are going to be in some of these superstar things if they're a part of the initial show. Well, probably, yeah. I know I'm going to be seeing yeah. like Ico Pro commercials. <laughs> yeah, you have to. But that's it. That's how we end. That was it. Yeah, that was kind of weird, but. You know, they they need. Uh, I like my my favorite ending so far is the the uh, Undertaker Berserker yeah ending because it ended in like chaos and a cliffhanger like and a cliffhanger. I, I gotta come back and see what happened. Like the Warrior one, you got to see yeah the soupy thing yeah. They should ended with him like getting cursed and they carry him back and then next week they showed you the soup throw up and then the week after that they do the ooze. Yeah. They could have milked that an extra week and really, yeah, because that, that show ended st- dumb. It ended up with like a, didn't one end with a bushwhacker promo or something? <laughs> something, yeah, something like that. Yeah, it, it just ended on such a downer. Well, not a downer, but just like compared to that, like that was, I guess they're looking for like, I, maybe they figure there's like a money spot within their 42 minutes that that they're trying to hit, like where they think most people are the most captivated or, or the most people are watching. So that's, you know, because they do that with, um, they do that with the shows today. It's just like, they always put their, their big things like at the top of the hour or something like that, you know, depending on where they have the most viewership. So maybe they're looking at their numbers and saying, well, this is when we're getting the most viewership. So this is where we have to put our big piece. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if they did the event center and then gave us our local promos or if we're watching just the national promos and we got the local ones instead of the event center. I don't, yeah. I don't remember because we were on the monthly loop back in this time. Like every month we'd get a show mm-hmm. and all the promos were for the spectrum. Yeah. Like you, Bret Hart would be talking about his specific match at the Spectrum on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. So um, we, I don't remember them being as generic. I remember them being extremely specific for our area. Now I don't remember if it was Mooney's stick and his and the two that we saw. Plus we would get ours after that, and then I can see why you do it at the end. All right, thanks for watching. But if you want to see these guys wrestle some real people Thursday night at the at the spectrum go check it out we'll we'll be there for vince at this point it didn't really matter if we came back to watch superstars it mattered that we went to the show at the arena and and saw the the live action yeah yeah probably right it probably wasn't about tuning into superstars next week yeah what do you think of the show um i think you know 
I would like to see s- some more storytelling in the ring. You know, um, uh, we get we get the story with like uh, Papa Shango and the Ultimate War. We got a little bit with Undertaker and Berserker. I, I feel like things like okay, we're starting to build a feud with Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels over the Intercontinental Championship. There needs to be something besides them just talking through a screen to each other. Right. Something that happens in ring that really kicks that up to the next level. Or we need to see something with, you know, Savage and Flair in the ring that, you know, or, or he's or like say flair uh, savage is doing like a live promo with gene or something and flair comes out you know i we need we need more of that because like i just feel like we're really really promo heavy yeah right now and less like okay you're building stories through your promos but most of your promos are not that great (laughs) so we need we need more like in ring like things because like right now i'm interested in the berserker undertaker i'm interested in papa shango ultimate warrior i'm interested in Tatanka versus Martel because they've all had something happen in the ring mm-hmm. that makes you interested in that. And I'm, I'm not seeing, I'd like to see more of that. Yeah. It's kind of the, it's almost the exact opposite of what we have with today's product where everything's in the ring, but there's no story. Mm-hmm. This is probably my favorite superstars that we've seen so far. I mean, you got, <laughs> we've had fun. You got the undertaker choke slamming a guy by catching him in midair by his throat. He lifts him up and catches him again <laughs> and then slams him down. I've never seen that before. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. We get Virgil. I forgot that he was even a thing. <laughs> um, but you got IRS and, and DiBiase, and they look great. I mean, they really look like they're they're yes. fighting these guys. Can I say it? Can I say it? They look like a million bucks. They do look like a million bucks with 40% taken out for taxes. <laughs> of course. Uh, Davy Boy Smith leapfrogging a standing guy. Uh, that was awesome. Yeah. Uh, perfect and flair being everything I wanted to be in high school. Like, I like yes. Everything I wanted to be in high school. It was, it was great. Yeah. I, like you wanted to be perfect. Yeah. Flair being like, I, I'm done with this girl. She keeps on calling me. I don't know what to do, Savage. I'm just, I'm going to have to beat you up to keep your wife from, from my house because she just yes, keeps on yes. bugging me. Like uh, the, the Beverly Brothers promo complaining uh, that the Legion of Doom suck because they have a manager while the genius is right over their shoulder. Just standing right over them. I think we need to, we talked about a couple of weeks ago with the Beverly Brothers, like how they really don't have a gimmick. I feel like based on what we know of them, we should create some sort of backstory gimmick for these two guys. <laughs> okay. So here's my, here's the deal. They're Vegas magicians. Vegas magicians. Yes. They go by rig feed and soy. <laughs> One of these poor guys got eaten by his tiger. Oh. He, ha- he can't do magic anymore. Oh, what is they to do? They they have to wrestle. They have to wrestle. They have to wrestle. <laughs> they have to wrestle. He comes out of the coma. I got us booked for a gig tomorrow night. Yeah. With the Lions? No. 
way better way better <laughs> no more animals Peter's like so far up their ass about the the whole thing they had to take the uh, lions and then get, get rid of them yes. no more tigers <laughs> none of that bullshit now they have to they have to wrestle they have to wrestle so they're walking they're, they're walking down the street there's a guy coming the other way he's got a robe on it's no big thing it's like hey we got robes. we've got robes yeah You've got a robe. Yeah, they just got confused. You should manage us. He starts talking in poetry. They, they We're like, that's perfect. Agent. They're like, maybe you can wrestle. They're like, uh, uh, who do we talk to about this? They, they get Ric Flair on the phone. Yeah. He's like, well, what do we need? Well, you, you got to have a robe. Of course. And he's like, all right, well, we got robes. <laughs> got to have a robe. All right, we can do robes. We got robes. We used to be magicians. And Flair's like they he sees him for the first day. He's like, not exactly what I had in mind. <laughs> he's no problem. Check out our manager. He's got a robe. And he's oh, that's a doctoral gown, you moron. Oh no, no, no. He's wearing a tam for goodness sake. Which, by the way, if you get a doctorate, that's not the hat you wear. <laughs> Friggin' moron. <laughs> not even doesn't even have the right tam. <laughs> Idiot. Of course not. Oh, great. I, lo- I love it. Yeah, the, the ooze, which I, I wasn't crazy about the ooze, but it's it's legendary. Yeah, I like the ooze. I like the they, ooze. They had everything I wanted out of this thing. Just lose the Bushwhackers. Lose Virgil, the Bushwhackers. It's, it's a perfect show. Best match. Best match. Um, I'm going to go with Money, Inc. Just because they look so freaking fantastic, man. They, they did look good. Like this, this, this was tough because yeah. The Undertaker, this reminded me of something. Like we had The Undertaker be the no-sell zombie. For years, mm-hmm. then he, yeah. uh, then he starts like integrating a little bit more human being into it, and he becomes like yeah. more demonish, more kind of like a, a, a hell priest for a while, and then mm-hmm. he turns basically loses the whole Undertaker thing and is the Underbiker, the Underbiker for a yeah. couple of years, yeah. and then they bring him back, and he's kind of a hybrid of the Underbiker slash Undertaker, so. Like he's still fighting like he did yes. as the biker, but he is in the whole gimmick of the undertaker. Um, and he's mm-hmm. not quite as human talkative, like a regular biker dude. He's back, but his work style is like he was when he was the American badass character. Yeah. And he does that pretty much till the end. He's a zillion years old. He can't move. Why didn't he just like spend the last five years or even the next five years as the no cell zombie again. He didn't, he didn't take bumps. He didn't do anything, but yeah, maybe one where he sat up as long as he can do the sit up. He, he really could do the act he was doing for the first four years of his career because there was nothing to it. That's true. Yeah. Slow, methodical. Slow. Didn't have to move too much. Yeah. Yeah. Occasional walk on the, he did the walk on the rope. There was like just bursts of speed. He, the dude, did a flying tackle like yeah. a, at a, a tremendous rate. Like it was unbelievably fast every time he did mm-hmm. that, like flew up in mid air and t- tackled the guy. That was like his, the most you'd ever see him move when he was like the zombie guy. He wasn't doing things outside and he wasn't jumping out of the ring and stuff. Be the, be the walking dead again. You, you could, you could have had yeah. a more consistent career. I don't know why he was trying to do the same biker style 15 years after he couldn't anymore. Like, when he had a perfectly workable gimmick that everybody loved. Yeah. So it made it famous. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he could still do it. Like he could very easily be the great, yeah. uh, great glove style undertaker. But yeah, uh, my best match would 
have to go to Kamala, the Ugandan giant. If it's it's <laughs> Kamala course. till it's not. If there's a Kamala match, yes. If there's a Kamala match, that will be the match. I, I completely understand. Kamala is 100% like those classic comedians who spent their entire life getting their one act perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just, a, that was their act. And you went to go see their act and... It made sense. They really didn't get updated. It just got refined. And Kamala's should never have changed that. Should never even wrestle anybody with a name. He should have just <laughs> always wrestled a red tight who's there to get destroyed. Yeah. And I would happily watch this act as he just destroys any, any mystery human being that was in there because it wasn't about that guy. He was like, they brought me from the jungle. They put me here. I don't know what to do with myself, but this guy is it is <laughs> like in my territory. He must die. And he kills him. Doesn't know how to pin him. Doesn't know when to stop pinning him. <laughs> Has to be told to get, or get off the guy. It was it's so good. Very good. Honorable mention goes to the high energy promo where Frankie the Parrot tries to bite Owen Hart's finger off. <laughs> There's so many good moments in this show. So many good points in this moment. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> so many good moments. I was looking back at this, like this show is awesome. This one, this is where they started to hit their stride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, this is it. They're they they they're on all cylinders here. Yeah. Until Virgil showed up with with the with the three cent dream. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a three cent and a and a, a grilled cheese sandwich dream. <laughs> she called it like the IOU. Oh, I hope he has more matches just so we could come up with more more names. More names for, the, <laughs> for his million dollar dream. The red tight of the week. Uh, I am going to give it to our uh, Dublin destroyer just because he had some type of gimmick, even though you barely saw him. <laughs> Now, yeah, he spent some money. Him and Jimmy Powers look like, yeah, yeah. hey, we, we, we're we doing this for real. Yeah. Mine is uh, Vince Sola and his moves. <laughs> his tag team partner. His man boobs. How Vince didn't say anything about that. Like, oh, my God. Uh, I'm sure he did backstage. <laughs> sure he did backstage. Who booked the shit? <laughs> oh. It was unbelievable. What kind of show are we running here? Uh, look at him <laughs> flapping. The wind. Awful. <laughs> I'm trying to promote a bodybuilding uh, federation. <laughs> God damn it. This is why it's going to fail. I blame Vince Sola. You're an insult to the word Vince. <laughs> I'm sorry, Vince. I'm doing what I can here. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know if that's what he sounds like, but it just looks like... He totally sounds like that. There's no doubt he did. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Vince. Hey, you know, hey. I'm making up to you. Speaking of disasters, the natural disasters, Bossman, LOD, Papa Shango, and a warrior update is on deck for next week. Yay. I hope there will be some talking with warrior on that, or is it just going to be Gene giving us the update? We'll find out. Oh, God, I hope it's the warrior. <laughs> Those are always fun. Whenever I see there's going to be a warrior promo, I was like, oh, this is going to be a good episode. <laughs> Uh, I'll be happy to translate. I speak warrior. I uh, I know you do. He, he spoke to me as a child. I I know. <laughs> I was I was I was on board for the warrior. I know you were. Right, we we got it. This is a, we're tagging out. <laughs> we're ta That's it. Yes. There That's, it is. There you go. Common fan tagging, tagging out. out. That's good shit. <laughs> All right, man.